Hello and welcome to the podcast, Are We Nearly There Yet? My name's Professor Andrew Sherry and I'm interested in people's journeys to discover who they are and what they're made to do. We can all learn something from other people's stories, so join me on another adventure. It's a bit like tasting food, you know, recommend everybody has a taste of something once, but if you don't like it, you don't have to keep eating it in the hope that in five years' time you will eventually start to like it. Today I'm talking to Adrian Bull. Adrian is Professor of Nuclear Energy and Society at the University of Manchester. He's had a distinguished career in the nuclear industry and was awarded an MBE in 2018 in recognition of his work on the development of public understanding in nuclear research. Welcome, Adrian. It's great to see you. Thank you, Andrew. And uh, it's great to be invited onto your legendary podcast. (laughs) Very good. So we're going to be discussing a key moment in your career where because of particular circumstances, you discovered aspects of your job which you really enjoyed and other aspects which you really didn't. Um, And we're also going to learn what you did about those things in terms of shaping your forward career. Um, But before we do, um, for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What do you like to do in your spare time? That sort of thing. Thanks. Thanks, Andrew. Um, I'm from Manchester, born and brought up in in Manchester. My dad worked in the nuclear industry for 25 years before I did. Um, He retired on health grounds when I was uh, a teenager. Well, in fact, just before I was a teenager, I was 11. He had a stroke. He didn't go back to work again, but he had contacts who were working at British Nuclear Fuels, BNFL, who knew about their sponsorship scheme. So I ended up through them being sponsored by the nuclear industry to do engineering at university. And because I was sponsored, I got first bite of the sort of milk round interviews in my third year and was lucky enough to be offered a job uh, in the fuel element design office up at Springfields near Preston. And at the time, getting a job for after I'd graduated was really important to me. So I joined the industry there, figured that if I didn't like it, I could always leave after six months. And um, 39 years later, I finally retired from the nuclear industry a month or so ago. And now I'm working slightly outside the industry in the Dalton Nuclear Institute at the University of Manchester. And in terms of things that I like to do outside of work, we like to travel, uh, we like eating out, and I was recently uh, volunteering as well at the Commonwealth Games down in Birmingham. Very good, very good. So now we were chatting yesterday and quite by chance you sort of mentioned this particular career moment where you discovered something about what you enjoy or what energized you and what you really didn't do you want to just talk us through the conversation we had yesterday yeah sure i was um it was about the turn of the century i'd been working by then for bnfl for about 18 years i've moved from a sort of more technical roles into starting to do some stuff that was more policy and engaging with other people around the business and starting to engage with people outside the business But at the time, I had two aspects to my job. I was managing a team of 30 people in a group of two or three different sort of technical functions. And I was also spending some time starting to look at both energy policy and also to be a link between the technical parts of BNFL and some of those other parts of the business. So I was doing some liaison with legal. I was doing some work with the PR and the comms team. 
to um, look at where were the sort of success stories and the news stories from within the, the R&D community that might form aspects of what the company would, would publicise and doing some work also on sort of new ventures and, and diversification and so on. Quite a broad role. It was. I was, I was kind of an outward-facing individual from the R&D community into other parts of, of BNFL and, and beyond. In, in 2001, two things, things happened. We had our, our son was born in September like that year. We knew before he was born he was going to have Down syndrome. So from that summer, we were focused on, on his impending arrival and what that would mean for, for our family. And then a few weeks after he was born, my mum, my who'd been part of our support network of child mining, she lived relatively nearby and was fit and healthy. She um, suddenly had a stroke. So she went into hospital and was very ill. So all of a sudden, my domestic life was kind of having to take first priority for a couple of, of reasons. And I said to both my, my sort of line manager in, in work, but also to our HR department, I said, look, I just need to take a little bit of time to do the day job. I'll focus on the day job, but I won't be able to do the bits around the outside that kind of liaison with other parts of the business and, uh, and some of the externally facing stuff. Yeah. So can I just ask you that? Because... I suspect you went on quite a sort of clearly an emotional journey that took you to that kind of logical ask of the company to focus on the core job. Can you sort of just describe that journey a little bit and the sort of thoughts you had and how you coped with how you felt during that time? Yeah, I mean, I, and I should say that the company and, and everybody I, I was dealing with were all incredibly supportive about the, the, my, my personal situation, even when it was it was just about my son's arrival and before my mum was taken ill, there was a, a huge amount of support from the company. When I looked at my business card and my job title, it was all about the bit in the middle. It was all about the managing the team of people and the other stuff was things that I'd kind of taken on partly because of people who I worked with who were starting to get into some new areas and uh, it wasn't really anybody's job to do it, but I was happy to step up and do it and I seemed to have some aptitude for doing it. But my my day job, if you like, the thing that was on my job description was the, the bit in the middle of the managing the team of people and making sure that, that those teams were working effectively and, and we were delivering everything we needed to do. So when it came to just recognising that my time was limited. I'd need to take time off work for the medical appointments and was having to sort of leave early-ish in the evening to get to the hospital and see my mum. And so I realised that, that I couldn't be doing keeping every plate spinning that I'd, I'd kept previously. It was almost a no-brainer to shrink back and focus on the day job, if you like, rather than the, the, the pieces around the edge. And then I think the interesting thing for me was it didn't take me long to realise I'd stopped enjoying coming to work. It made me think, you know, the bits that are in the middle, I'm perfectly good at doing them, but they're not the things that I really enjoy and that energise me and that get me out of bed in the morning. The thing that I am excited about and feel I have almost, wouldn't say a unique aptitude for, but I'd kind of owned and felt invested in, were the aspects around the edge, the engagement with other bits of the organisation and the, the outreach and, and so on. So it made me think, do I want to spend the next 20 years of my career doing something I'm quite good at but don't feel particularly passionate about or is there a way of making my career in a direction where I can focus more on that outward engagement what what we would now call sort of stakeholder engagement and managing those external and internal relationships 
it, it turned out both parts of the job were kind of growing. So they both became sort of two thirds of a job. And so when the time came that I had to make a decision, you know, which one do I step away from? It, it almost became a no brainer for me. I, I almost engineered my forward direction to be, I want to move in that space and be the person who's talking about policy and, and the role of nuclear and, and what the company does, and what the technology is about to people who are interested, but, but where I can help them grow their level of understanding rather than managing that team of people and you know with great respect to the people because they're all lovely people but i didn't lose any sleep over the fact that somebody else could go and manage that group at least as effectively as i was able to do and and as you sort of came to that sort of realization how, how did you partition out those bits of the work did you think about what is it about all this other stuff which i love and what is it about the the internal management of the team that i don't I don't know that I, th- I looked at it quite that formally, actually, Andrew, because I think as soon as the penny started to drop, there was probably a, a moment of self-reflection and recognition that those were the things that I enjoyed the most and those were the things that I would prioritise. I guess we all have it. In any day, we start the day with a list of tasks or things that we have to do between our meetings and our sort of more structured commitments. And you tend to go first for the ones you enjoy the most, unless there's a drop-dead urgent deadline. And there are other jobs that we maybe leave to the end of the day and in the hope that they might drift into tomorrow. I'm sure that's not just me. So I think there was that moment of recognition in that. But also the opportunity was there to help shape how my future direction might evolve. So that was something, again, I was grateful for, but I, I took advantage of. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you, when you think about your career since then and what you've done, you have really have majored on that external aspect, that communication aspect, that putting nuclear science and technology into terms that the public can understand. And, and ultimately, all the work that you've done on public understanding of nuclear energy has been recognised in your MBE. That's right. And I think I found that being somebody who had a technical background was talking to less technical people. Having that core of knowledge put me in a better place sometimes to be able to talk about it than somebody who was a a trained communications professional. You know, a lot of good communications teams have a mixture of the two. They have a mixture of people who know the business very well, who have moved into the communications area that's mixed with trained communications professionals who might well have worked in other sectors and bring their specialist knowledge and experience of different channels and different communication strategies. They bring that to the nuclear industry. And I think a really effective team, like the one I was part of when I was with the National Nuclear Lab until recently, is a a blend of the two. That's right. That's right. So if we're thinking about this Becoming Me program, which we run, where we we do talk about this aspect of not only thinking about what you're really good at and you can excel in in terms of your talents and skills and and so on, but also thinking about does this energize me or does this drain me? And the idea that if you combine your strength with your passion, you can really flourish in what you do. And you had that moment of recognition in very difficult personal circumstances, but the fruit it bore in your career was really quite something. How would you capture that in a little bit of advice for delegates on the Becoming Me program, do you think? The main bit of advice is always to hold a, hold a bit of a virtual mirror up to yourself and, and try and see within yourself and within your day, which are the bits of your job. It might even be as simple as, you know, what are the emails that I'm, I'm going to answer first or, or respond to first that are in the inbox? Or if I have a, a diary clash, 
you do that prioritization or that decision making about which is the one that I'm going to go to versus the one that, that I'm not going to go to. And maybe to think about, you know, if, if two things clash, which is the one I'd like to be able to do, which is the meeting I want to be in and I don't want to miss out on versus what's the meeting that I'd be quite glad of an excuse to have to say no to. I'm, again, I'm sure that's not just me, but there's, there's some things that you're glad of an excuse to miss and other things where if you find you're on leave or, or away that day, oh, I'm going to miss that because I enjoy doing that. It energises me and it maybe opens the door to opportunities to, to do other things that will be, be enjoyable and interesting. There's probably a bit of advice about trying things out to find out if you do enjoy them and, and trying to expand the comfort zone or at least expand your, your zone of experience and the range of things that you've tried. But fairly early on in my career, I recognised that managing big teams of people wasn't the thing I had an aptitude for or had a, had a passion for. I was happy to do it. And you, know, you go through management and leadership training where you get encouraged to take on different types of role. But I think part of that is as much for the individual to try something and decide whether they like it rather than to say, you know, this is a new thing and a skill set you don't have. Let's force you to move in that direction and stay there. It's a bit like tasting food. You know, I recommend everybody has a taste of something once, but if you don't like it, you don't have to keep eating it. And I hope that in five years' time, you will eventually start to like it. <laughs> that was me and beer as a teenager. Unfortunately, I did grow to like it. But anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> it didn't take me that long. <laughs> Adrian, I think that is such a wonderful story. And I really appreciate you sharing that career moment and the advice that, that follows. Thanks so much. My pleasure, Andrew. Thank you. enjoyed this podcast to help others enjoy it too please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and don't forget to rate and review thank you